in mid-December, the year before her first child was born, a woman named Kathy was given a baby shower by her family. Now, after opening what she thought were all of her presents, she found one additional box wrapped not in baby shower paper, but in Christmas wrapping. It bore a card that read, To My Daughter. This one's for my mom, Kathy announced as she opened the gift. Inside was a quilt. She tried to smile as she held it up for everyone to see, but secretly she hoped that her mom could not see her face because her mom would know that her smile was not genuine. The quilt wasn't very pretty. It wasn't a baby quilt. It wasn't made of pink, blue, and yellow material. It didn't have bunnies or bears. It was just a patchwork quilt, sewn of materials that were of all different colors and patterns. Holding the quilt up, Kathy noticed a note tucked into the bottom of the box. Not realizing that the note was intended to be private, she set the quilt aside and picked up the note and began reading it. Then she discovered that her mother had made the quilt for her. The unmatched materials were remnants of her life. Her mother had saved those over the years. She had cut swatches of material from items dating back to her first Christmas dress. Some of the swatches uh, were current, as the shirt that she wore to the doctor the day she found out she was pregnant. By the time Kathy uh, realized that her mother had accumulated those patches over her life all those years to make this quilt, and by the time she finished reading her mom's letter, the patch of her mother's old robe, she remembered it well. It was fleece, and she used to insist that her mother wear it so she could lay her head on it when her mother rocked her, Anna told of the patch of her father's flannel shirt that she used to put on after her bath. And each and every other patch and its meaning. And when she finished, there was not a dry eye in the dining room. Kathy picked up the quilt and held it against herself and cried. And to think, just seconds before, she thought that was an ugly quilt. But now... It was beautiful. It was the most beautiful quilt she had ever seen. The quilt was made of her life, and it was stitched with her mother's love. Her mother stitched her love in every single stitch of that quilt. Today, as we participate in the prayers for Christian unity, I'd like for us to think of the various branches of the Christian church as a bit like the patches of that quilt. Each one is unique and special. Some are similar, but no two are identical. Just as Kathy's patches were all a part of her life story, these churches are a part of the crazy quilt that makes up Christianity today. St. Paul tells us there are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. 
They are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. If time permitted, we could talk about the gifts of each branch of Christianity and the various uh, ways that they use those gifts and the various different ministries in which they're involved. Many gifts and many ministries, but just as the pieces of a quilt are pieced together and then bound together, they are all bound together in Christian unity. And we give thanks for the contributions of each part of our faith community. And we thank God for the love that we have for each other. This week reminds us of Jesus' prayer for his disciples that we read in John 17, that they may be one so that the world may believe. John Wesley writes in his explanatory notes on the New Testament that spiritual gifts, though varied, all flow from one fountain, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and God the Father. Although the church at Corinth must have had an abundance of spiritual gifts, it seems that they didn't use these gifts very wisely. For it was a troubled congregation, we can tell by reading Paul's writing. There were probably only 50 members in the church at Corinth, but they were at one another's throats. They were divided into political factions. They were debating sexual ethics. They were fighting about who should receive the Lord's Supper and who should not. They were suing one another in court. They were bowing before the shrines of their culture. They were defending their actions with indefensible slogans and bumper sticker theology. To top it off, some of the members insisted that they were more spiritual than other members. Now, does that sound familiar? <laughs> Couldn't this also be a description of the church in the 21st century? Paul's words still speak to us today. And later in uh, chapter 12, we read, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part with less honor, so that there won't be divisions in the body, and so the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. Paul reminds us in verse 12, Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. In the words of the chorus by Bob Gilman, we pray, Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. Bind us together in love. There is only one God. There is only one King. There is only one body. That is why we sing. Travelers on Interstate 75 in the eastern part of Tennessee, just north of Knoxville, 
will see a sign for the Museum of Appalachia. This unique museum is the handiwork of John Rice Irwin, a former school teacher and historian who has tried to capture the best of Appalachian culture. A reporter from the Smithsonian Magazine tells of being shown Irwin's office, which was overflowing with books and items waiting to be tagged. Hanging in Irwin's office is his most prized artifact. It's a crazy quilt made up of solids and plaid fabrics embroidered with various animals, everyday items. There's a chicken, a horse, a salamander, a fiddle, a Jew's harp, and we read these words, God bless our family. The quilt was made by Irwin's grandmother, who pieced it together at the turn of the previous century before she married. Irwin first laid eyes on the quilt years ago, and until he saw it, he knew nothing of his grandmother's passion or creative talents. She had put on the quilt all the things she liked. If it were not for that quilt, her great-grandkids would have only known her name, says Irwin and that she spent all her time cooking, cleaning, darning socks, ironing, things that wouldn't lend themselves to any kind of perpetuity. They would have never known that she had artistic abilities. In an apparent contradiction to an otherwise anonymous nature of her life, she inscribed a plea on the quilt that Irwin says, or calls the most dramatic two words I've ever read. They say simply, remember me. Remember me. This quiet mountain woman did not want to be forgotten. And let's also remember the other words that she put on her quilt. God bless our family. May that be our prayer this week, that God bless our Christian family. May God bless the church with unity. The body does have many parts, and each of us is a special part. In more Pauline language, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Think what a magnificent quilt that we are throughout the world. There are too many shades and sizes to count. We are all bound to one another. We are all bound to Christ. Amen. Amen.